Polyhedron is a production of Headcanon Games, LLC, and is sponsored by listeners like yourself. If you'd like to become a patron of Polyhedron, please go to patreon.com slash polyhedron. Now, on with your show. Hello and welcome to Polyhedron, your multifaceted podcast for everything RPG related. I am your host, Matthew, and as always, I have my two co-hosts here, Ryan. Matt, where's the camera? And Scott. Something's missing. The the ever-present pull of our of our spider web of information and, and power. I don't know. Big Brother is not here right now. I mean, guys, big, big Brother is always here. The internet's here. down. Yeah, the internet's oh, yeah. down. Yeah. Normally we Twitch stream this stuff, but apparently we're in a Luddite hole of shit and nothingness. <laughs> Scott, whoa, 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 talk about your own house. Scott, what the fuck did you do before the internet? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, I was like... T- Twelve? Yeah, you were actually you're older than me, so yeah. you remember you have. I remember. More I, re- I remember I the before times before the internet. Uh, let's see. It started off with, with Prodigy, uh, which uh, was a service that was eventually bought by the Mexican government. Uh, then it was AOL. Uh, uh, AOL. And, and then I finally got access to dial-up internet uh, yeah. that allowed me like total access to the World Wide Web. Um, AOL was my like, and this was first pretty, thing. This was all pretty much at pace when when all of these things were coming online. Yeah. in general, got that 1.0 floppy. Oh yeah, them 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 floppies that that were everywhere. Were and literally the, just everywhere. Brilliant. I remember the AOL discs, the ones you get in the mail and stuff. Mm-hmm. You just go and then just take off all the files. So you yeah, just you just use them as storage. Discs. Yeah, it's free you discs. Just free discs. Uh, but yeah, no. So before the internet, I guess I watched cartoons. Yeah. Uh, and didn't have a functioning brain. Um, I, I mean, it, I'm, I am of that generation, you know, I'm, I'm 38. Uh, so I pretty much came of age with the internet. Mm-hmm. So whenever I was an interesting person from, I always had some form of internet. Yeah. I, I didn't always have internet, but I definitely had a computer earlier than most people. Yeah, me too. Uh, like a two eight, a 286 and a 386. I started with an Apple two GS. <laughs> Ryan's just here looking at us going, I had a 686. <sighs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that was one more than a Pentium. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, I remember when they called the 580, 586 the Pentium? Uh, no, I don't, because really? that was all my dad's thing. Uh, like he, Because my parents are the technophiles, uh, and they kind of just, I just me, osmosis m- Myself and my mother uh, and I were, for a while, we sort of kept pace to, with each other with the technology. We were, bo- we were both well-informed, but then I just, I started outstripping her knowledge and, and her willingness to, to stay abreast of things. It was, around the, it was around the time that I had to save up money from my shitty Publix job to buy my first uh, 3D graphics card Ooh, uh, for the computer that we had um, so that I could play Quake. To make it to make it apropos of this podcast, I mean, AOL is where I actually started doing the whole role-playing thing and dice rolling mm-hmm. oh, thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Me, me too. Because the dice rolling thing in the chat rooms and stuff, and you could, you know. Yeah, that's kind of where I had it before I had, like, mm-hmm. like pen and paper stuff. We were doing, like, we were doing like MMO-style shit, yeah. like, in a, a million years before yeah, that was actually like, People started designing scripts and everything yeah. in those chat rooms to Ch- do all Dice rollers, loggers, everything, man. Yeah. It was real official and stuff. Yeah, so, anyways... Uh, Obviously, we want to wax poetic about uh, times long past, but we are in the here and now, so let's go ahead and jump into the news. Okay. Uh, I don't have much. Uh, people have been getting their Jihad diaries. From I have both. mine. 
How is it? It's sexy as fuck. Uh, I've had access to the PDF for a while, which I've been like kind of skimming. I've, I've been kind of waiting until I had the thing in my hands to yep. really dig into it. Um, and it's nice. It's it's sexy. It's got a lot of obviously it's got a lot of lore in it, but it also has a lot of like out of out of character information as well like here's how you use this in a campaign here are the various options for what this could mean um it's really interesting i i really need to dig into it so um, it's almostly just setting content fluff oh, it's, it's not it's, it's, it's not like system i don't stuff. think there's any mechanics in it there might be like a couple here and there um Maybe but a little I, early for that yeah well well it's the the that gets jihad jihad diary is supposed to be like the setting break mm-hmm. between vampire 20th edition uh and um and then what's coming up this fall, BTM which is the, the, yeah, BTM five. Uh, so it basically it's it's the bridge point. It, it had a lot of input from the new guys, uh, the, the the paradox uh, team, mm-hmm. uh, so that it, it it acts as a bridge between the two editions to sort of bring the story in line with what's going on uh, in the B5. I, I have yet to pre-order my uh, my vampire uh, fifth edition books just because. I'm poor at the moment. Yeah, and you all know I'm, I'm actually moving. So uh, you, if you're hearing this, this may actually be the last episode I record in my current location. In the tiny studio. I'm yeah. upgrading. I'm upgrading. It's actually going to oh, be got, great. Yeah, we're we're a fancy it. studio. Yeah, um, and so uh, so hopefully the next episode will be on time. If it's not, I apologize now. Uh, but also in other news, uh, we had free RPG day here on, I believe, June 16th. I got to... Get and actually run the Wrath and Glory quick play from Ulysses US, uh, and it's pretty smooth. I won't go into a super amount of detail, but you got some cool characters. You get to fight off some nurgling guys, and you're basically trying to figure out who the heretic is. So, uh, what's the system like? The system is D6s, um, very similar to a Shadowrun Anarchy that we've played. Really? You play it's d6s and four fives and sixes are hits they call them icons mm-hmm. sixes are considered uh um exalted icons so they're worth like two, basically two sure. successes okay. and everything runs off that if you roll a six you get something for the group called glory um everyone's got a personal resource uh called wrath and if you roll one uh ones on certain dice because they have something called a glory dice uh it generate ruin for the NPCs. Hmm. One of the most interesting things was the initiative. It was highly tactical. Really? Having zero numbers involved. Really? So you're the GM and you have your PCs. The PCs generally by default go first. Individuals don't, nothing mechanically at the beginning determines who goes first. The PCs get to choose amongst all the PCs who gets to go first. Then the NPCs get to go and I get to choose one one of my NPCs to go. If there are multiple, there's ways to deal with that. And depending on who's going when depends like things like, oh, it lasts till the end of your next turn. Uh, it doesn't, it, that thing doesn't end until you go next in the next round. Oh, which so means you, you can choose to go last and keep it, your effect going. Or it cuts off early because you wanted to go do something right then and there mm-hmm. at the very beginning because you did the really cool thing. Uh, the, so that was highly tactical, which I was very impressed I, with. I actually really like uh, Never After is the only other system I've ever seen. That's the you go, they go, you go, they go. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. just 
PCs go first in whatever the fuck order they feel like. Everyone gets to do their thing. Then the enemies go yep. in whatever order the um, GM feels yeah, like. A- it. Aeon kind of works that way, but there's more of a it's more of a roster system. Like there, there you, build, you build slots on a ladder. Fantasy, Fantasy Flight Star Wars does the same system. Actually, you just cool. get this is a PC slot. This is an NPC slot. Mm-hmm. Pick whose it is. Sure. Uh, What's interesting, there are mechanics for, like, the glory to go, okay, no, uh, we want to, we oh, you're going to go bad guys, we're going to trump you, one of our guys are going to go. Cool. Uh, and they have rules so that you can't lock, basically, the entire, the mm-hmm. GM down the entire time. Uh, what was the other thing? Oh, social mechanics actually matter in combat. Social characters can go, okay, all of you guys take negatives to certain roles, take take higher difficulties on anything you do. You I mean, do some, you, 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 can, bu- you bust mad rhymes. You and can do some, like, conf- you can confirm and deny things. Absolutely. Yeah. You can, you can brand the heretic as a heretic and they start feeling bad about it. Oh, uh, so I also picked up uh, that I haven't well looked done, at guys. too extensively. The Numenera ashes of the sea, uh quick play guy. Oh, cool. And the, uh, unknown armies had one too. Oh, shit. I'm going to sit down and really there's examine a new, this. There's a new unknown armies coming out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yay. Yeah, it's really neat. It's very I love flavorful. I, I, I only played Unknown Armies for about four weeks, and I only played it for four, like about four games, but the, the it was probably one of the most like fun, crazy, enriching like RP role-playing experiences I'd had, because I just, I immediately got into it because, well, I like urban fantasy when it's not, you know, dumb. <laughs> no, fair enough. Uh, as a, we've talked many a times on this show, Unknown Armies is very choice. It's very cool and mm-hmm. sexy and very flavorful. And the, just the ways that magic works, the ritualism of it all and the charges and all and how their magic system actually rolls is yep. pretty cool. Yeah, it was very cool. I had a great time Still running Wrath of Glory at our yeah. free RPG day. Uh, I definitely look forward to Gen Con because that's when Wrath and Glory itself will be officially released. I not pre-ordered any of it though just because I, as I said I'm moving yep. and money's a little we're tight. All, we're all a little poor. Yep. But that's pretty much it for the news unless you guys got anything. Some RPG somewhere got funded. <laughs> womp womp. <laughs> I'm pretty sure someone and congratulations to that person. Congratulations yeah. to whoever that was whose RPG uh, got funded uh, on Kickstarter. That now needs to be a permanent part of our news segment at the end of the news <laughs> oh, segment. Oh, I'll just do it at the end of every news segment. That'll be my contribution. <laughs> <is> just delivering <laughs> the important news that somehow somewhere an RPG on Kickstarter got and funded. And we congratulate them because they worked very hard I don't, to get that. I'm sure and I, I know they did. Their video was probably very good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not intentionally throwing shade on anybody. It's just I think it's funny because it happens a lot. <laughs> it happen does happen a lot. Yes. But so let's get right into the main topic of the evening. We are going to talk about something a little interesting, a little esoteric. Limitations. Is, yeah, limitations in gaming, which is when we say that, we mean kind of a very broad term of that. Is, what do you mean, Matthew? Because I'm a little confused. I'm sure you generally are, sir. Ooh, uh, when I say limitations in gaming, creative limitations, like because recently I started making a character for someone else's Black Crusade game online. And I was like, well, I'm going to make a character. And then I was like, well, we the first thing is we have to ask is what kind of game is it? Is it a human game or a Chaos Space Marine game? So it's like, well, that's one limitation right there. If it's only a human game or only a Chaos Space Marine game, or it's the combination of both, both that really changes the dynamic of how you're going to make your character. Right. So <sighs> I have to make the decisions of what's good for the character, what kind of character I want to play, and 
do, will they will the GM even accept a character that I'm kind of having in my head that will work with their game? So that's what I mean by limitations of game. I mean, in the I mean, in my eyes, limitations on a character, I usually just think of it as a self imposed. It's self imposed in some case. When I think when you said limitations in our right. in our you know, extensive preparation for this episode. <laughs> I immediately jumped to something. Let me pull out my, my four pages of show notes here. Yes. Yes, your four absolutely not blank pages of show notes. I said there were four pages. I didn't say what was on them. <laughs> show notes. Um, I think of self-imposed limitations, actually. Like something that perhaps you do to make yourself a snowflake. And by that, I don't mean that in like a bad way. I mean that in like literally like, uh, you unique. Pick a, you want to be. You unique. picked a thing that's like okay. This is what's defining about. This is one of my limitations as a character because people are flawed. It's pick. It's kind of like it's your disad. It's the thing that makes you a. It's mm-hmm. a thing that gives in, impedes you a little bit because it makes you. It makes it harder. Like it just makes your life a little more difficult. But that's you know, limitations can also fall under like everyone's had the D and D game where he's like okay core books only motherfuckers we're not right. yeah. dealing I'm not dealing with your fucking complete arcane bullshit <laughs> I'm not I'm not no your fucking little paperbacks flat books you can throw those in the goddamn fire no dragon we, magazines I don't and, and no shit from dragon magazine I don't care if you have a PDF <laughs> the mind's eye get that shit out of here <laughs> that's a deep cut sorry yeah no so uh, yeah in, in Matthew's exalted game uh, I I uh had some limitations that I imposed on the character. Like he was a hick from the East. Yeah. Like he, he was, he started the game illiterate. Like he could not read. That's right. You did. Uh, he couldn't read. Um, and he had a lot of backwater superstitions, mm-hmm. uh, particularly about, um, inhuman looking things, mm. uh, because he was from the deep East and there were fucking fair folk. Mm. Uh, so like I, I, I kind of designed the character so that like his tribe is like, yeah, if you don't look human, then you're fucking corrupted. And you know, there, we, we either do the purification ritual on you or you get shunned and kicked out of the village. So it actually, it, it actually caused some tension, uh, particularly with some of the dragon blooded characters who didn't look quite human. Yeah, because I, I am in, in sort of a limitation mm-hmm. on that is part of the rules and as an extension, the higher your breeding, mm-hmm. the more uh, expressive your elemental aspect is, which means you start looking less human. It doesn't make you grossly inhuman. No. Like you don't have multiple arms and stuff, but you definitely don't you're, look you're like not, a door dude. You don't look like a person. And, and you know, from for someone who... Uh, particularly, I mean, like I said, he came from the East. So when he sees someone who, you know, has like bark-like skin and leaves in their hair, which one of the other characters yeah. pretty much looked like a, a very pretty tree, but a tree nonetheless, yeah. uh, he, that, that triggered a like deep-seated revulsion in him. Very anti-wild mutant sort mm-hmm. of mentality, even though, which is actually very interesting. Well, yeah, I mean, and, being and, from the Far East, yeah, like being that. from the Far East, and like, and even then, I mean, he never really encountered any dragon-blooded, not especially none, none of high breeding oh, yeah. back there back then, uh, because you know he was off in the Boondocks, and there were he may have run into a dragon-blooded or two in his time. Yeah, but they would have looked relatively. They would have looked normal. relatively human, normal, and human. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean that that was a limitation that I put on my character. Like he wasn't this knowledgeable cosmopolitan. Like I accept every like, everything. I was like, no, I have some prejudices. I have some things that that I have some mental roadblocks that that are very deep seated. And you work through them because yeah. you had to well, deal with the rest of the part. Well, and that's kind of why you do it, right? Like it, it's it's like I'm gonna give my I like built an arc. 
Mm-hmm. It's a built-in arc yeah. where I get over being crappy about something. If you're, if part of your limitation is that you're crappy about something, uh, my example in this case is Linda's game, uh, your wife's game, where I played, you know, Quill, the the super super like, you know, would be an atheist, but you can't afford it in a world where gods exist, <laughs> sort of thing. <laughs> like more like anti-theist. Yeah, anti-theist. yeah, yeah, yeah. very anti-theist. He was anti-theist. Anything. Fuck the gods. Yeah, it was very. F- eh, fuck the gods. You know, <laughs> like he told a god to its face to piss off. Like he just like you're nothing. I hate you. Hated them all. Yep. And any dealings with them, he would make a just a big stink about it. But as time went on, he softened on it because you know he was. One of the oldest ones kind of took interest in him because you know he was a he was a barbarian, so a bear spirit was like, hey, yeah. Buddy. But it also the spirits and because of Linda, because she told me a lot about the metaphysics of the world, is the the gods and what you were dealing with the spirits, kind of different creatures, right? Very similar in execution, but very different in what they actually. Yeah, were. but none. Of, but you see, the reason Quill accepted it was none of them like, no, I'm the god of this. It's yeah. like claiming an entire portfolio. That was the thing that rev- made him feel revulsion towards them. Is like claiming a concept. Yeah, like which, a domain. Yeah, it's like this is my domain. It's yeah, like, the bear spirit. No, the, you, his bear spirit. That wasn't. It was just. No, I'm a bear spirit. I, lo- I like salmon. <laughs> I like yeah, salmon honey. and honey. Honey. Mm. But yeah, that was something he had to get over. That and being that and being fucking disgusting. Like uh, that yeah. part of part of his issue is like he's charisma eight. Like he has no. <laughs> he's gonna rub, rub everyone the wrong he's way. He's gonna rub everyone. It's, and you see, I play. I tried to play charisma eight. Like charisma eight would be played. Like he didn't. What? I that, didn't. I turned off my personal charisma yeah. and made it difficult, but tried to make it entertaining. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'll. I'll. I'll give you that, well, Matt. It was entertaining for everyone else. <laughs> Matt <laughs> well, nearly I, had. A- I was also playing the the literal anal retentive stick completely up ass character. Church boy. Churchy boy. Church boy. Literally. Most churchy. Church. Cleric. Church. Cleric. So you you know we got along super great. Yeah. Uh, and we were both half elves, which was super fucking funny. Um, <laughs> but you actually had a great segue. So Quill had a charisma of eight. That's a limitation in that. He had an eight on his sheet. He could not do anything really much about that. So you have to roll with those punches. You can't. And, and if you're playing a character who has the stats, like mm-hmm. it, I would say it behooves you as like as a good player to play to the stats that you have. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. If, like like I said, I as a charisma eight person tried not to be charming. I tried to not be perf- like never intentionally funny. Mm-hmm. But like you're probably laughing at him if he's being right. you know. So I, I tried to play to that, and he wasn't. He was smart. He was actually a, quite intelligent. But you know, you can be a guy who would be the greatest astrophysicist of all time, but you were raised in a shed in the in the Ozarks. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> like what does that mean? You know what? Uh, you may have some other issues too. Right. <laughs> but yeah, you, you know, you got to play to what's on your sheet at least. Yeah. And, and that's what I'm talking about with limitations. Most, both from like it forced you to be creatively make some creative decisions in your character because of uh, mechanical. Not, not all limitations uh, creative need to be mechanically reinforced. As we've already said that Scott was like, I'm illiterate and I have some backwards waters perspectives. I'm going to roll with it, even though they're not mechanically reinforced, but sometimes creativity and what I want to get to the heart of the conversation is does those limitations increase or decrease creativity on when you're making a character or role playing. I, I think, I think it, I think it, 
boosts it because it's um, like if your limitation is something that affects the other people in the party, which obviously in both of yeah. our, our stories cases, it certainly did. It leads to interparty conflict, but not in the, you know, why is Chad the Paladin such a dick episode? Mm, yeah. Talk about it. It's more like the, no, we're going to have to talk and play about this. Like our characters are going to actually have to speak like, oh, no, we're at a role playing table where we have to speak to one another in character. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and our characters oh, no. have different perspectives on things. Yeah, it's it's that thing where two PCs are actually arguing about their viewpoints on something, which can be pretty interesting as long as you don't make it the whole fucking session. You know, yeah. Most of mine and Matthew's arguments were a course of maybe five minutes, yep. uh, but it was. And we generally got everyone else involved in those conversations. And it was, and, and it came down to five minutes in five minutes, like uh, usually a compromiser. We don't actually have time for this. Like yeah. nothing we say here is going to matter. Let's just go fight the fucking. There are octopus. in fact there are in fact kobolds to deal with. So there yeah. are in fact an octopi. There are more practical things that we have to go to attend with without having a philosophical the fish, debate the about fish something. Ma- the fishmen be coming. <laughs> <laughs> Which we actually had to deal with. We if I were a fishman. Blub, 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 blub. <laughs> and then you made me get out and push the boat. I mean, yeah, well, yeah, but I let you walk on fucking water. I got to walk on water, that but was I had pretty dope. So, you, so you, didn't, you didn't get leeches. No, yeah. <laughs> that was That's a deep cut from a Humphrey Bogart movie. I'm sorry. Oh, dear. Ooh. But... Uh, and to all you octogenarians, octogenarians. <laughs> but Scott, so how do you view this perspective? Do you believe that, let's well, say, the table is open to you, you can make whatever you want, or do the restrictions help oh, you I def- I definitely be think creative? That, I think that limitations and weaknesses and, um, you know, things, I think they, they are a boon to role play. Um, I think there's a difference between uh, making yourself, giving yourself a limit or a boundary uh, and making yourself incompetent. Uh, like you, you, I think where it crosses the line is when you, you know, you, you make it to the point where it's such a deficiency that you drag people down, mm-hmm. uh, that you, you, it, that means that you're forcing the game to be taken in an inordinate time, uh, to compensate for your bullshit. Mm. Uh, and that I think is taking it too far, but if it's something that adds a little flavor, a little spice, a little bit of a stumbling block that needs to be, you know, nego- navigated around every now and then, I think that leads to interesting situations. I, and I can, I can give you a pro like <laughs> Ryan pro tip. Uh-huh. Uh, so segment too. Uh, oh, you're, you're being very creative tonight. I, I really know like I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm really adding value to our, to our show. here. <laughs> <laughs> All you babies out in, in radio land. Uh, Pro tip, if you hear someone talk about their concept at the t- like in during character creation and your immediate instinct is to create a character who is directly in conflict with that character, fucking don't do that. That's yeah, a that, bad that, idea. That w- You're not, I know because I know people who do that. Matt is was one of them. Is one of them sometimes he he will occasionally make a concept in which he's like you and I's gonna right, fight. Right, I gotta call you to the mat on that one. When did I do that? Uh, let's see. That was the last time it happened. It was. It, we were just talking about running a game. Uh, it was a D and D game. Ah, shit. When was it? Yeah, and I don't remember. But that's why. What? That's why I'm interested it, to dude, understand when it, it was like. Did four, this. It was like three years ago. You've. It, but anyway, you've done it once or twice. It's okay. okay. But if your immediate instinct is to create a character that will go, it was Nigel's Dungeons and Dragons game that never got off the ground. Oh, okay. That started at at your bachelor party, but then continued onwards. Oh, okay. Because you were going to do something that was directly in conflict with, I think, Murphy's character. Oh, I don't remember. I do. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it was was a thing. It's like, I have this idea in my head. This is the character I want to be. But if you hear and you, but if you know for a fact that it's going to be like, 
this character and this character are going to fucking fight about yep. this. It's just not going to work. It's like, well, there's lawful good, dude, which, I mean, don't play lawful good. What the fuck's wrong with you? St- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's that's perfectly viable. But, don't listen to Ryan, everyone. But if you're like, I'm going to be chaotic, I'm gonna be lawful evil, I'm going to make, make that well, guy you're upset. you're going to be like, I'm going to be chaotic evil. It's like, well, uh, well, you're not a person at that point. But <laughs> like, Also, if you play a chaotic evil character, again, what's wrong with you? Um, <laughs> just stop it. But if your first instinct stop it. is to- Get ent- some help. <laughs> Get some help. Look at your life. If your first instinct is to antagonize someone else, because that's really what you're trying to do there. Mm-hmm. Like, if your instinct is to put a, like, build your character to fuck with their limitation or their thing, that's just antagonizing them. And that's when the conversation has to happen of, if I do this, is that okay? Now, you and I actually, ne- like, we had our thing, but we didn't come to that conflict, like, knowing what each other was going to be doing. I barely knew what I was going to be doing from the moment I started that game, but then I realized who the guy was, and then... Well, it all just sort of went from there, didn't it? Well, I think I think the difference, and this is very more about the like table dynamics and like being good players, is it's okay to have concepts that have some conflict with each other, but don't be antagonistic to each other. Like don't don't rip each other apart just because it you think it's a good thing to do or it's appropriate. Well, thing at to no do. point is it going to be fun to listen to two characters fucking squabble with each other for like a f- half an hour. Hours. Like yeah. It, yeah, just you're make, you're making it about you're making the the game and the story about you and this other I, character. I could go on a giant di- diatribe about like player dynamics and like going where the story is and being like booted out of games because of that crap. It I don't want to don't want to and that's not what I want to do with this episode. But well, that I, is a very viable like that's a very <laughs> harsh thing and it can be very problematic and it comes down and uh, when it when it like when we talk about this what it really boils down to and i, I think we've covered this before is our time is precious as <laughs> old, as adults who like tabletop role-playing games oh, yeah and stuff. our time is so so very precious some of our sessions can be as short as two hours yep so if you spend 30 minutes of that like fucking bullshitting around and like yelling at each other yelling at each other or just like making it about you because your character concept is fucking stupid you've wasted some very precious moments that other people gave up probably something equally entertaining to do mm-hmm. so you know or you know just like sleep or sleeping yes yeah, sleep jerking naps, off reading eating <laughs> but i want to get back base more, needs i want to get more back on the topic of like limitations and creativity because there's also the idea of like uh my working example sort of is your ai game uh-huh. yeah, i was about to, right i was about to bring that out yeah, um because his limitation in that uh, is we all have to be legionnaires. Mm-hmm. We all in have some to form or with another. a basically a military background. Yeah, you you you're the characters because of the the structure of the story, which you'll be able to heal the first couple episodes of free for free here on Polyhedron. <laughs> yeah, really looking forward uh, to it. Yeah, really am. Uh, but uh, the the limitation there is, you know, you, this is a military campaign. This is um, you know military sci fi. Um, so y'all y'all are soldiers. Y'all have a, you have a chain of command. You have a mission. Um, you know, this isn't sort of an open table. What's your due to and you're never yeah. gonna And you're never going to believe who's the commanding officer. I know. It's really fun. It's, it's really pretty fun. fun. It's I'm, pretty I'm, fun. Look, I'm looking forward to seeing her, uh, her, her stretch her legs on that because 
the 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 hard times are coming. Uh, uh, she, I know she can do it. I've seen her do it a, before. That's mm-hmm. why I'm. There's a reason you. I gave my guy mm-hmm. a fucking railgun. Yeah, <laughs> not yeah. me personally. Uh, yeah. I gave an NPC mm-hmm. a railgun. Same, same, same here. I have another railgun. We'll talk about our railguns later. Uh, yeah, but but, what, but yeah. So that that's a that's a that's an overall limitation on the game as a whole. Right. Um. You know. Of you know you're you're playing. I I as the the story guide. Uh, have put a, a limitation on the type of character that you can make and play in this scenario. You, know, you have to be a soldier. You have to be, you know, a member of the military and 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 follow that chain of command and, and you, that that limitation. And in terms of who you are as a person, like the, because of what the mission is that we're being mm-hmm. sent on, they're not going to send anyone on the mission that we're on because they're not good at their job, a good soldier, mm-hmm. and truly believe in the cause. Yeah, like, exactly. Right. So those are some things that have to be like part of that we all I think immediately understood or have to be instilled in the characters. We believe in what we're doing one hundred percent. Well, and, and that's where I wanted to get at my because you both gave examples. My guy, um, Cole, he is like I was like, oh, I want to play like a cool like space vagabond sort of character, mm-hmm. and then but he was like, well, you got to be a legionnaire, you got to be a part of it. How are you going to do it? And I started really thinking about the legionnaire and the concept of being from Mars. I really wanted to be from Mars, so I was like. And I've been watching a lot of The Expanse. Good, good mm-hmm. fodder. So I was like, well, I want to do this. I don't want to do that. But I kind of want to be a carefree attitude, especially since he's a clairsentient. So he gets visions and he sees things. Reality doesn't operate the same way for him as anyone oh, no. else. Uh, I don't have linearity. That's not how this works, it, guys. Yeah, don't worry. I'm, I'm going to start messing with you real uh, hard. <laughs> and so I had to think about like what type of character this would be. And I was like, well, he was a former... He's he's kind of a um what's the word conscript. Yeah, he was kind of a conscript because he's like, yeah, we could throw you in 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 jail for like twenty years, or we sign, know you have sign up. Yeah, or you can sign up because we know you have sinic potential. Do that, and you're free and clear. Mm-hmm. And they're all like, okay, they're not and, the you're not the only person amongst this crew. I mean, one of uh, one of the other NPCs basically faced the exact same yeah. mm-hmm. choice. They just didn't have psionic ability. They just had you know good hands. Yeah, and so I ba- based that sort of concept on with those limitations in mind of oh, but once he got into the Legion, he was like, this is real good stuff. This is really does help. This is people. where I need to be. This is where I need to be. And especially when he got his collision to power, she's like, no, this is absolutely where I need to be and what I need to be doing. And so he is, as Ryan pointed out, die in the wool believer in the cause. And mm-hmm. so he'll do it. And but he still has that like quirky background of being an ex-criminal. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because like you have your character who's like, you know, a, a criminal, very a very selfish, self motivated sort of type archetype of individual. But then you got the you got your head cracked open, and the universe shown to you. Yes, and like you know this realization of because clairsentience as a psionic ability, it's it's my it's my favorite aptitude, uh, hands down because it's just there's so much story potential for it. What it does is it shows you your place. And the place of of other pe- people and things in sort of the 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 universal totality, yep. like the balance of the universe and the and the the the, the thrust of history, and the potentiality, and the potentiality of, it all. of it all. So you you have your eye opened, your third eye opened forcibly, and you have to to look at the world with a much wider perspective. Yeah, that's what broke him in his little head because mm-hmm. he's like, well, I'm a selfish guy. I did this so I could save my skin and my skins of my friends. Oh, wait, there's a much bigger issue that needs to be dealt with. Mm-hmm. 
the universe is so much more than just me. Like, uh, oh, look, the universe is a wide open, beautiful, ever flowing totality, and there's cancer in it. Yep. There's there's fucking cancer, and I can see it. Time, time probability cancer. It's mm-hmm. weird. Things, the, the quarks spin a little bit but, differently. Yeah. But getting back to yeah. the limitation, the what this limitation has done for us, and I'm, I'm, I mean, I guess we get to get talk a little bit about oh, it, yeah. what y'all's appetites is things we know about these characters. Mm-hmm. They are dyed in the wool. They are ready to go, and they are fucking ready to die for this. Mm-hmm. Like, ain't no cowards here. Yeah. Which, which an RP, in an RP, in a tabletop RPG setting, mm-hmm. the one of the realities of being a tabletop RPG character is a lot of you motherfuckers will learn live to fight another day under any circumstance mm-hmm. that may even potentially go bad for you. Like, death is like no a no no, and you'll run from it. Mm-hmm. But I can guarantee you, there's going to probably be some situations in which, yeah. Character death is not off the table in certain situations. I gave myself a specialty of fearlessness for mm-hmm. a reason, so that mm-hmm. no matter exact, no matter what giant tentacle beast is before me, mm-hmm. I will in fact that get fastball specialed at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's the, the limitation here is that every character knows that they're a part of something bigger, and that there's there are better, bigger, and more important things than your life. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like you, you are a soldier. You have signed yourself up to fight and pot- potentially die for a cause. Right. Uh, and that's really interesting. Now let's talk about limitations. Uh, we've talked a lot about limitations on a player perspective, mm-hmm. on a character's perspective. What about the GM? Uh, that can just help you manage the game because if everything's open to the table for your players to sort of create and for you to create, it can be kind of overwhelming. It can be even overwhelming for your players if you happen to be in a situation where your players have access to everything. Inherently, if you're running a game, you're already giving yourself a limitation because we're going to play mm-hmm. this game right here. Yeah, you guys. chose the system. Mm-hmm. So you chose the, the system. The system the it's the setting. Well, I mean, and and going back to Anne for a second, I mean, there, uh, for for the game that we're playing, I'm putting you guys on a planet. Yep. And it's not a it's not a big cosmopolitan. There's cities all over the place. Planet. It's a war zone. It's a war zone. Y'all are in that war zone, and. Yep. You know, there's, uh, there's a, there, that is a, so you have to, I mean, and yeah, it's like, you have to plan for that. Like that's, yeah. that's the yeah. game you're running. Mm-hmm. It's like that, you know, there, there are resources that you're not going to be able to access. Uh, there are things that, you know, you're like, I, and I have to think about like, you know, what, what can you reasonably accomplish? And that's given and, the scenario you're going to be and in. And that's what I was going to get to get at is like, you have limitations on yourself because you're like. I put you in a war zone and the game's on the war zone. I can't just suddenly do X, Y, or Z. Space opera is out. Yeah, exactly. True space opera mm, is. Planetary romance. Out. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, we're not Flash Gordoning this shit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there yeah, might yeah. there might be like foxhole romance of like, yeah. like well, we, we know the aberrants are coming, so... Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, we may all die in like two hours. Um, so I can't sleep. Smo- you can't either. Smooches? Smooches. <laughs> and, and so I, that's an interesting perspective I th- think mm. of because we workshop this literally live for mm. you, fel- dear listeners, is the idea of you've got to go what's appropriate to the situation. Mm-hmm. What can I or can I not do in this situation? Because it would not be – it would stretch the suspension of disbelief Yeah, it's in the, the possibility. It's the scenario. Um, I mean you, you also – I mean as a GM, you also sort of have your limitations of, you know, fairness – uh, like it's basically saying like um, you as a GM have infinite power. You can warp in whatever bad guy you want. You can tweak the situation, whatever you want. Um, but it's all about finding that balance 
um, such that, you know, you, you can, at, at a certain point in the time, like, even if you want the story to go a certain way, if you want something to be a little harder, if the PCs pull out something truly brilliant and or something that... sacrifice that, something great. Or sacrifice something great or do something that that maybe throws a wrench in what you had coming, mm-hmm. um, you have to limit yourself and temper yourself. Say, like, I could overcome that by fiat, but I'm not gonna. Yeah, because you want to be fair and just mm-hmm. in your rulings because that's what makes a good GM a Absolutely. good GM. Uh, because if you just start... That's where that... we've. Slight sidebar. Yeah. That's where we get into the, the the antagonistic towards your players and your GM perspective. Yeah. If you like, if your GM just starts trying to unwrite everything that the players do for their sake of story or for whatever other reason Quote they may have, story. yeah, it just becomes problematic. Hey, hey, man, if you got a story to tell, go write a novel. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. That's pro tip. Now let's take perspective. Let's do a little bit of mental exercise. Let's take the reverse of all of this. What about? games or situations you've been where the sky has been nearly the limit like obviously if we're all gonna play amber well, we're all playing amber oh yeah but, yeah like but when but other than those very like playing any any concept or running any type of game you want especially like amber which is like super multi-genre yeah i mean that's i mean i think i think a better example than amber uh, because that's a weird paradox yeah. like cuz cuz you've you you have the world you have infinity at your 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 uh your disposal but you're also tied to this core reality the yeah. Zamber i think a better thing would be something along the lines of adventurers league um oh, yeah. where okay, where sure. wherein you know it, this is not necessarily a a a table a dedicated table of of of, of adventuring party. This is your wandering vagabonds that go from go to, from adventure to adventure, yeah. uh, and have sort of more of an individual story that that connects up with others' individual stories. The truest murder hobos you'll find, indeed. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that that is one of those ones where I think the rules for that is you get you get the core books and one additional. Yeah, book. they do have a limitation. They do put a mechanical limitation on, which is you get the player's handbook and one other book that you have to Xanathar. define when you make the character. <laughs> you pick Xanathar's, right? Uh, actually, yeah, but you'd be surprised. A lot of other people pick what, what, other Sword, things. Sword Coast Adventure? Sword Coast Adventures. Any other book that has Raven, been officially like, published. Uh, Curse of Strahd. Curse or... of Strahd, because there are races, there are races, uh, archetypes and feats and other things that oh. you, can, you can only get from like one book. And if it's in that book, you can get it. If it's not, you can't get it no matter what happens. Unless you have a special suit. I didn't know Curse of Strahd contained mechanics. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, all the adventures all have mechanics now. Yeah, because, so, like, because the way that they're doing that... tricky bitches. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. The big adventurers, adventures are almost... They're setting books as well. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. So, like, the one that's just coming uh, out Waterdeep. now is Waterdeep is all about Waterdeep and Undermountain. But we're I mean, gonna that's get kind of more, how they used to do it, yeah. actually. But we're going to get a lot of more neat, cool mechanics, maybe more archetypes, more feats, more features mm-hmm. in those books that well, center yeah. around being sort but, of probably urban well, obviously, characters. But obviously back, the to gr- the, yeah. back to the topic is that that's the sort of thing where... You know, not everything is available, but you have a wide swath of yes. options. Oh, man. I... Uh, and the world is kind of like ev- every other PC that you run into has that that option, has yeah. that thing to, to like, I've got the standard stuff, but I also have this wacky stuff over here that I can yeah, pull from. Yeah, that I'm like, oh, I like to do that stuff, but I can't do it because I don't have that it's book. Not, I'm that's not, not my book. I have that book. Um, and so, yeah, you're right. Adventures League can lead to a lot of possibilities and what ryan what you were 
talking about at the very beginning, making your character unique and special is, oh, I picked this one book, I picked Xanathar's. Well, if only Xanathar's and nobody really else on my table picked Xanathar's, guess what? I'm unique because all my mm-hmm. stuff only comes from this book, not these other books. I mean, if you want to talk about a game where, like, I've, I've done, I mean, I've been playing this game for fucking seven years, not continuously, but like different iterations of it. Never after, man, you can play any. Like, oh, that, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's fate in the amount of, like, you get to choose the one of the part. The party as it stands now <laughs> is myself, who is a, a lich, who is damn 30, 30 and three times. Uh, that's a lot of damning. That's, I, that's a good chunk. My whole goal is to become undamned because you know there's you can't be evil forever. Uh, a small good luck with that, sir. <laughs> it's hard. Uh, <laughs> a nine tailed fox. Mm-hmm. A uh, a a defunct uh, carnival uh, ringmaster who is actually just a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> A giant bronze robe. Oh, you uh, cabal. Uh, yeah, basically. A giant bronze uh, colossus of Rhodes, like an actual large size colossus of Rhodes <laughs> that is a me- mechanical man. Yeah. Uh, a, a pisk, like an elf. Hmm. Okay. Like a little uh, classic elf. Like a, like, yeah. Yeah. Like a fae, small fae type creature. And a little girl in a lion outfit who wasn't a Lizard of Oz play, but now totally might just be a lion. <laughs> And that's, that, that's funny. wacky. Yeah, it's wacky, and that's why the game is crazy. Now, I, I would—it's got to be a fucking nightmare for for him to run, but because each one of those characters, like you have to, it, it has much like uh, many games now. It had a lot of a lot of player defined. You know, yeah. you mm-hmm. have your skill that you roll, then you add your number to, but you also have a talent, which is kind of your focused ability, and all magic is talents. But it's one hundred percent on your on your fucking you know. On your concept, it has to fit your concept, right? Uh, because I remember when I when I played for a brief period, I played an actual dragon, which was super bad because in that setting, dragons were super super evil. But he was baby dragon and didn't know any better. Uh, so he was like, "Hey, you can play the character; that's perfectly fine." But let's think about what it means to be a, a tiny dragon. I shall send you. Yeah, basically, one of mine was was breath weapon type of. Situation. Yeah, it's a like, breath weapon, but you have to make it tiny and cute because you're a baby. Yeah. yeah. But he uh, and and he wanted his hoard of gold. Uh, he got one gold coin. I remember that. It was pretty cute. Uh, but that's the idea of that system. Similar to and actually, it, uh, <laughs> if anyone, since most people have never experienced Never After, I would kin it to Fate. If yes, you're familiar it's, with fate, it's very fatey. Except I, I think mechanically a little bit more. It's mechanically more robust than Fate. Yes, is. it is. Uh, it has more mechanically specific things. Yeah, you can you define can, to it than you, Fate does. It has bit higher. It has more limitations on the system. But I think that Fate's barely a game. So <laughs> it, yeah, it, it, it's very generic. It is. It is consensual storytelling. It is like. <laughs> two or three gears when most games are about a dozen gears mm-hmm. this is only like one or two gears just kind of rolling down the hill yeah uh you're kind of just pushing it and if i get some hate mail about about that comment i'll be very entertained <laughs> for you to prove me wrong <laughs> <laughs> it can be interesting if you put a lot in of as much as it. cowboys and indians is also there are a, a lot game. of custom fate engines that do a lot i, more I know it. i'm just i'm just being myself you know i have to make yeah, hard, but i have to con- uh, i have to make very very strong declarative statements it's so, part of who i am um and i can understand and this will be my personal anxiety I'm explaining to the audience here is I can understand being overwhelmed the whole analysis paralysis thing of like hey you can play whatever you want it's like uh okay let me go listen to some music and read some fiction that I really like or watch on TV and get inspired totally totally jock a concept you like from some Mm -hmm. other place man Johannes Cabal yeah yeah just, just pick, Murphy, a, pick a thing. And Murphy had just read the fifth one. Oh, which, so is why, which is why she totally yeah. went for that. Yeah. 
That's uh, I want more. Uh, he said he might. That'd be great. But he's been doing the Carter and Lovecraft books, which I don't know if they're. I am. I'm about to listen to the first one. We'll see. Okay, let me know. I just. I just like how English he is. Oh, he's so he, very English. Because it's the most English. You know what? We'll talk about Johannes Cabal in the extra <laughs> Sure, year. absolutely. Yeah. That's uh, right, patrons. You patrons. can only hear about my analysis of a book series I liked <laughs> in the patron content. Hey, only one dollar a month. One dollar a month, month, man. It's, that's so worth it. You man, get so much content, and we have so much great content planned for everyone. It'll be great. It'll be amazing. Uh, so let's also anything else we want to talk about, sort of lim- on the idea of. Lim- limitations in gaming i mean i think that the and i mean we've talked fractured to fucking death but like the soul merchants and fractured Ooh. that is hard there's a reason we call it hard mode man because you can't lie mm-hmm. and, if the, and if you get caught lying like real like oh yeah scott used like to make oh yeah I was, I, was, I was watching scott always was looking for something to get catch someone in an in a bold face knowing lie because if you did Guess what, Holmes? You are about to have a bad time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Metaphysically enforced Which, truthiness. I will say that I I don't with with a few exceptions. Um, the amongst the players that had any longevity to their characters, I don't think I ever caught anybody in like a well, lie. There were some there were some sketchy situations. Right, but that's uh, that's with, soul merchants, yeah, right? Yeah, there there were some breaches of contract. Oh boy. Uh, which yeah, there's count, a lot more of those. Which count as a lie, at least the way I ran it, uh, because well, they're creatures of contracts and, I, and agreements I, and whatnot. I mean, yeah, we do like if someone is like making a deal in mm-hmm. my pr- if if someone was ever like even dealing with a merchant anywhere mm-hmm. within my vicinity, I couldn't. Ha- I would slowly, f- like, I would always literally like take one step towards them every like five <laughs> seconds and just like be side eyeing it the whole time. I couldn't help it. It was yeah, no, but you know, it's you know, but yeah, no. I mean, like I said, no, no, I don't ever really catch anyone in a boldface lie because uh, the there are breaches the, of contract because the players that that played long term soul merchants were top tier and yeah we were just you and know actually, we were that, careful that's another comment is if you're going to be a gm you're going to run a game with a lot of limitations especially narrative limitations like mm-hmm. you can't lie you can't do these things uh we'll you can't, get to you the can't, idea that's a lark. you can't murder a hobo ryan <clears throat> You were you're right. That was a bad thing for him to have done. <laughs> it was a really bad thing. Uh, I agree. So, <laughs> and so with those limitations, you have to be as a GM, if you're gonna put those limitations, you have to enforce those limitations. You have to be willing to go, are you willing to have this issue that you're going to have to repeat? Are you a bad with? enough dude to annoy your player <laughs> by following your own rules? That's right. Yeah. Because following your old rules is very yeah. important. I mean, yeah, it, it, it it's much more rewarding uh, than if you just sort of jettison it at the, the easiest opportunity. Um, I think it, it'll result in fulfilling and interesting role play. Um, and I think that's also why, because I bring this up all the time, this is why I like Black Crusade in that the grittiness, there's a mechanical grittiness, but that's also a limitation mm-hmm. because it makes me feel better when I succeed because I know I have gone against adversity mm-hmm. to accomplish something and just like with soul merchants and be can't lying and a few other rules it's like no you're going to get a more rewarding experience if you're willing to go through the process of limiting your character and what they can and cannot do no, no yeah i dig it anything else right i'm just looking at the unknown armies oh well, yeah. i'm sure we'll talk about that in the uh uh yeah patron only content remember yeah. one dollar uh, one dollar one dollar one dollar one dollar I'm trying to think of anything else about limitations and how you should how you should know. deal I've... with them and how, if they are creative. Now, everyone's got their own process when making mm-hmm. a character and dealing with limitations. If you want to self-impose limitations, just like Ryan and Scott have said, that may just help you get around analysis paralysis. So mm-hmm. then you'd be like, okay, I only want to play a soldier type character or I only want to play a thief character. Actually, I just realized earlier I need to play a coward. 
Yeah, and you maybe. play a character that's a legit coward, like doesn't want to be in the fights, wants to avoid fights, wants to do everything you can. I've never, I've never you know, I've never actually played one yeah, myself. Yeah, see, it's actually well. I mean, I say that like tabletop crews are by their very nature cowards, <laughs> but sometimes, but that that risk averse. They're risk. They are risk averse, but they're not necessarily like. We're staying in our rooms. <laughs> well, they're also like, no, why don't we just run away from the bad guys? Why do we have to do, why do we have to fight them? Because I don't think that's universal. I think there's plenty of tabletop crews that are all about the daring do and the adventure and yeah. doing what's right. Literally anyone who's ever played 7C probably. <laughs> yeah. <right? laughs> no, and, uh, and but it's an interesting idea that has spawned right here on the show. An idea potentially for our concept to play in the future is the idea of limiting myself with the idea of he's going to be a coward. He's not going to be very brave. So the moments when he is truly brave, mm-hmm. they're noteworthy. They are well, truly noteworthy. Well, I think the, be- the best thing I've ever heard about the concept of bravery is that, you know, it, being being brave doesn't mean being fearless. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to be afraid in order to be brave. Yeah. Uh, because if you just – if there's no fear, then what – that if you're not overcoming fear in order to take action, then that's just – it's it's a that's testament. not that's not bravery. That's just being a dude. Uh, that's foolishness yeah. in some respects. Well, we all well know that the line between bravery and foolishness is a razor thin one. Yep. Oh my. Uh, but uh, I think that's all we really got. Unless you guys got something. No, I think I, I think uh, I'll leave it to our beautiful listeners to send us plenty of uh, things that we missed. <laughs> uh, yeah, sh- make sure shoot us a question if you wanted us to talk more about this because it, it can really be a rabbit hole of a conversation piece. I think yep. because. Games by their nature are limiting, and therefore you have to work within those limitations. But how much latitude and everything is based on you and the GM. So, uh, I guess from everyone here at Polyhedron, go where your fun is. Go roll some dice. Hey, Matthew here. I just wanted to let you know if you want to get feedback to Polyhedron, you can go to polyhedronpodcast at gmail.com or you can go to the show's Twitter handle at polyhedroncast. Uh, if you'd really like to help us out, you can go to our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash polyhedron. Uh, give us a buck a month and become one of our bosses and really support the show. And if you're looking to get in touch with us on Twitter, you can find Matthew at BioImportance. You can find Scott at DivasMallCav. And you can find Ryan at Arduous. Do you want to spell it? R-J-U-O-U-S. And finally, just so we can wrap it up here, if you are listening to this on iTunes, Stitcher, or anywhere, give us a five-star review. It really helps our exposure. All right. Thanks, guys. <laughs>